ओनो मित्रशं वरुण शो भवत्मांद्रो बृहस्पति शो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यातम वदिष्यात्यम वदिष्यामवधो तद्वक्तावधो सहनावदो सहनो भुनक्त सह वीर वह तेजस्वीतम विद्वेषा वह व्योमवद्या 
ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ಅಖಂಡಂ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಂದಂ ಅಖಂಡಂ ಸಚ್ಚಿ ಅವಾಂ ಮನಸಗೋಚರ ಆತ್ಮನಖಿಲಾಧಾರಂ ಆತ್ಮನಖಿಲಾಧಾರಂ ಆಶ್ರಯೇ ಭೀಷ್ಟಸಿದ್ಧೇ ಆಶ್ರಯೇ ಭೀಷ್ಟಸಿದ್ಧೇ ಅರ್ಥತೋಪ್ಯದ್ವಯಾನಂದನ್ ಅರ್ಥತೋಪ್ಯದ್ವಯಾನಂದನ್ ಅತೀತದ್ವೈತಭಾನತ ಅತೀತದ್ವೈತಭಾನತ ಗುರುನಾರಾಧ್ಯ ವೇದಾಂತ ಗುರುನಾರಾಧ್ಯ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸಾರಂ ವಕ್ಷೇಯಥಾಮೀ ಸಾರಂ ವಕ್ಷೇಯಥಾಮೀ we are in the process of discussing the vyastihi the individual yam vyastihi nikrishta upadata malin sattva pradhana it is said by passage 42 that this vyastihi or this individual ignorance nikrishta upadata on account of the fact that it is an inferior upadhi so nikrishta upadhi nikrishta means inferior upadhi means upadhi so it can be may said upadhi itself is inferior or on an account of its being the upadhi of the inferior this upadhi the individual ignorance is the upadhi of the inferior one namely jiva therefore also it is called nikrishta upadhi or itself is nikrishta or inferior because it is contaminated by rajas and tamas ಮಲಿನ ಸತ್ವ ಪ್ರಧಾನ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಪ್ರಾಧಾನ್ಯ ಆಫ್ ಮಲಿನತಾ ಮಲಿನತಾ ಇಸ್ ರಜಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ತಮಸ್ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ಉಪಾಧಿ ದಿ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ದಿ ಕಂಡೀಷನಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟರ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಇಂಡಿವಿಜುವಲ್ ಅವೇರ್ನೆಸ್ ಅವೇರ್ನೆಸ್ ದ ಇಂಡಿವಿಜುವಲ್ ಲೆವೆಲ್ ಇಸ್ ಮಲಿನ ಸತ್ವ ಪ್ರಧಾನ ಪ್ರಿಡಾಮಿನೆಂಟ್ ಇನ್ ರಜಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ತಮಸ್ ಎಂದೇನು ಸೇ ಇನ್ ಪ್ಯಾಸೇಜ್ ಫಾರ್ಟಿ ತ್ರೀ ಏತು ಉಪಹಿತಂ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಅಲ್ಪಜ್ಞತ್ವ ಅನೀಶ್ವರತ್ವಾದಿ ಗುಣಕಂ ಪ್ರಾಗ್ನಿಹಿತಿ ಉಚ್ಚತೆ ಏಕ ಅಜ್ಞಾನ ಅವಹಾಸಕತ್ವಾಸ್ನೆಸ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಕಂಡೀಷನ್ ಬೈ ದಿಸ್ ಇನ್ಫೀರಿಯರ್ ಉಪಾಧಿ ದಿಸ್ ಇಂಡಿವಿಜುವಲ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಕಾಲ್ ಪ್ರಾಗ್ನಹ ಇನ್ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ಗ್ರಮೆಟಿಕಲಿ ಸ್ಪೀಕಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ಪ್ರಾಗ್ನ ಶುಡ್ ಮೀನ್ ವೈಸ್ ಪ್ರಕರ್ಷೇಣ ಜಾನಾತಿ ಇದು ಪ್ರಜ್ಞೆ ಅಂಡ್ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞೆ ಇವ ಪ್ರಾಜ್ಞ the one who knows very well is called prajna and prajna alone is called pragna so actually the word pragna should mean one who knows very well who so in fact usually the word pragna is used for the wise man or used for god omniscient however for whatever reason the word pragna has been used in the sense of the individual ignorant being <coughs> and alpagnyatva anishwaratva this individual jiva is characterized by alpagnyatva meaning littleness of knowledge anishwaratva being under the control of the maya anishwaratva being helpless or dependent under control ruled so this jiva is ruled he is limited in knowledge 
and limited in every way, limited in power, whatever, in every way he is limited. As Swamiji likes to say, that everyone has been gifted with certain powers. Every individual is gifted with certain powers. Jnana Shakti, the power to know. Ichha Shakti, the power to will, the power to desire. Kriya Shakti, power to act. So every jiva, every individual has been given these powers. Power to know, power to will, create desire, power to act. Except that these powers are limited, that's all. Regardless of who it is, the power to know is going to be limited, even if he is the very best one in the world, whether he is an Einstein or a Shakespeare, whoever, they are still going to be limited. Power to create, also limited. Power to act is limited. In short, the jiva is limited in every respect. Because upadi, the ignorance that limits him, is also limited. Because it is contaminated or polluted by rajas and tamas, which become the obstacles. Pragya means wise, all-knowing. So in reality he is all-knowing in his true nature. But in practice he is not all-knowing because his knowledge is obstructed. As we said last, the last time, by rajas and tamas. By this, by the impurity. Just as a mirror is, is, is clean by nature, is reflecting by nature. However, when on the surface of the mirror, when we have a lot of dust, then the mirror is not able to reflect properly. And similarly also, the self is wise or omniscient or pure by nature. On account of the supari of ignorance contaminated by rajas and tamas, the natural knowledge of the jiva is obstructed and therefore he has limited knowledge. Eka ajnana <clears throat> Because this prajna, the individual, on account of he is eliminating only one ignorance. One ignorance, the, the, the upadhi of Ishvara eliminates all the beings. The upadhi of the jiva eliminates, sorry, eliminates only the one individual. And therefore, he is limited. Okay. <coughs> Agnana ekadesha avhasakatva. That agnana is samasti, is total. And agnana or ignorance associated with the individual is a fraction of it. And so, since the jiva only limits a fraction of the ignorance, therefore he is called prajna, he is characterized by limitations of knowledge, etc. <coughs> one pikagara here, one commentator, explains the word prajna as prayana agnya in a different way, not a grammatical way, but then it's explained here, prayana jnaha, more or less ignorant. So who is prajna, the one characterized by the state of deep sleep? In Upanishad called Mandukya Upanishad, the jiva is given three designations, depending upon the state of awareness. When jiva is waker, in the state of waking, he is called Vishwa, which will all come here also. When he is dreaming, he is called Taijasa. And when he is sleeping, he is called Pragnya. So Pragnya is a word that is employed for the jiva in the state of deep sleep. Because he doesn't know anything at that time. The knowledge is completely blanketed or covered by the blanket of ignorance. And therefore, in deep sleep state, this jiva does not know anything. 
Since we do not say it does not know anything because some kind of a knowledge is there even in deep sleep, as illustrated in the next passage, that when we wake up in the morning we say there, I did not know anything, but I slept happily. So, when you say you did not know anything, that means that you knew the absence of everything. That is how the statement is interpreted. When I say that I did not know anything, means I knew that there was, uh, there was, I knew the absence of everything. I knew the absence of the objects of knowledge. We will see that. And so some kind of little knowledge is there. The consciousness is always there in a deep sleep also. And then it is called prior Agnya, more or less ignorant. Although grammatically it is not an acceptable ex- explanation, but in view of the fact that it is, he is said to be Alpagnya, Anishwara, he is limited in knowledge, etc., that kind of explanation is okay. <clears throat> or you can say that he is, he in the deep sleep, there is what we call general knowledge, not particular knowledge. In the deep sleep, we have general knowledge. General knowledge means unqualified knowledge. Knowledge of absence or knowledge of no peculiar, the knowledge not particularized by anything. And that's the reason why there is no memory, because there is no particular knowledge. When you wake up, then we have particular knowledge of of a pot and a cloth and a tree, etc. Because the particular knowledge will be particularized when the mind is functioning. In the waking state, the mind is functioning, and therefore we have the knowledge in the form of the thoughts of the mind. And every thought is different from every other thought, and therefore we have a pot thought, a cloth thought, a tree thought, a book thought. And that's how the knowledge in the waking and the dream state is particularized. But that element, which, that medium which particularizes knowledge in the mind is not there in the deep sleep state and therefore in the deep sleep the knowledge is what we call general knowledge, unparticularized or unqualified knowledge in deep sleep. In that sense also we can say that in the pragmiha, even the deep sleeper also knows everything. But no knows everything only in general and not in particular. See in deep sleep for example, uh, we do not know anything in particular, but that is knowledge, unqualified knowledge. And as we say, in every knowledge there is an unqualified aspect and a qualified aspect. Everywhere there is a universal aspect and a particular aspect. And therefore that unqualified aspect is known in the deep sleep, in that sense also we can say that it knows everything. But in short, the jiva in the state of deep sleep, when associated with blanket of ignorance, is called prajnaya. <coughs> now continuing in the passage 44 page 31 asya pragnyatvam aspashta upadhitaya anatiprakashakatva Asyaprajnatvam, this jiva in the state of deep sleep is called prajna. The author here gives an explanation of why it's called prajna, meaning generally ignorant. Why is it so? Aspashta upadhidaya. Because with upadhi, upadhi means ignorance with which the jiva is characterized in the state of deep sleep is aspashta. Aspashta means deficient in illumination. Spashta means clearer. Aspashta, unclear. So the upadhi with which this jiva is characterized in deep sleep is unclear or deficient in illumination, you may say. 
anadi prakashagattvat because that upadhi is essentially characterized by tamas predominance in tamas and therefore it does not shine it is like a mirror that is completely covered by dust and therefore the mirror does not reflect anything at all and similarly also in the deep sleep state the pragna does not know anything in particular because that the upadhi is ignorance which is totally tamas <coughs> अस्य जीवस्य स्पष्ट उपाधिया रजस्तमोभ्याम अभिभूत सत्व प्रधान व्यष्टि ज्ञान उपाधिकत्वेन हेतुन अनति प्रकाशकत्वात ओके सो सिंस द उपाधि ऑफ द इंडिविजुअल इज इज पोल्यूटेड बाय रजस एंड तमस देयरफॉर हिज नॉलेज इज आल्सो लिमिटेड एज वी सेड जस्ट एज अ मिरर व्हेन इट इज कवर्ड बाय डस्ट देन द रिफ्लेक्शन इज रिड्यूस्ड सिग्निफिकेंटली एंड सो आल्सो द नॉलेज ऑफ दिस जीवा इज रिड्यूस्ड सिग्निफिकेंटली ऑन अकाउंट ऑफ हिज mind being polluted by rajas and tamas <coughs> now then going to the next passage asyapi iyam ahankarade karanatvad karana shariram आनंद प्रसुरत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशवत्छादगत्वाशव
how does it get uh, you know dissolved into gold and so so our individuality gets completely merged into its causal state in a deep sleep this is a very beautiful thing that is happening to us when we analyze our own experiences we learn a lot that how every night that is whenever we are in, in deep sleep state we merge into what we call our own causal state and from there when we dream then then half of my ahankara arises half of my personality becomes manifest and then when we wake up then the full personality becomes evident so dream is like the half waking state or half sleep state where half of my personality is evident and the waking is when the full personality becomes evident <coughs> so deep sleep can be compared to a seed which is in the ground which is not manifest and the dream can be compared to a sprout which just arisen and the waking state can be compared to the tree which is now fully which has its full expression of its being and therefore the seed is called the cause both of the sprout as well as of the tree and similarly also the ignorance in the state of deep sleep is the cause both for the dream as well as the waking state as we shall see dream is the state when the subtle body is functioning and waking is a state when the gross body also is functioning and therefore the deep sleep state is the cause of the subtle and the gross bodies says ahankara dehe karanatva ahankara means the sense of ego it's interesting that when we wake up the first thing that that, that happens to us is ego a sense of individuality when you just wake up there may be a fraction of a moment when there is no particular there is awareness but no particular awareness then it may take a fraction of a moment for you to become aware of yourself as an individual but individuality also not characterized by any particular notion then you further wake up and then you become aware of your being of your individuality you become aware of your mind and slowly you become aware of your body and that is how the ego completely grows or completely manifests as identified or as expressing as a total individual then you hey i am sleeping what is 6 o'clock i am late or whatever it is so all of these you come to know when you are fully awake so we pass through a certain transition in the process of waking so between the point when we are fast asleep when there is no awareness of anything including our own individuality to the fully awake state when we become fully aware of everything about ourselves in between there is a transition transition stage and so the deep sleep is a cause is a potential state from which the whole individuality emerges and therefore this whole full individuality was there in the potential form it's called samskara samskara is impressions so actual experience is reduced to impression stage the waking and the dream experiences all of them merge into the state of what we call impression or potential or the cause in the deep sleep and those very same impressions or potentials then become manifest in actual actual thoughts and experiences therefore the deep sleep state is the cause of the dream in the waking state and therefore of the subtle and the gross bodies therefore is ahankara adi karanatvat karana shariram the upadhi in the deep sleep state is called karana shariram the causal body we will be told here how a jiva has three bodies 
the gross body, the subtle body, and the causal body. In the deep sleep state, the body that is, is causal body. <coughs> then it is called Anandamaya Koshaha. That Upadhi in the deep sleep state is called Anandamaya Koshaha. Because there is Ananda as well as there is Kosha. What is Kosha? Kosha means a sheet which covers something. It covers my true nature. In the deep sleep, I do not know myself. In the deep sleep, I don't know anything, nor do I know myself. And therefore, my true nature is veiled or concealed from me. Therefore, the Rupadi or ignorance is called Kosha. Like a scabbard covering a, a sword, and so also my true nature is covered from my own self, and therefore, the Rupadi is called Kosha. At the same time, in deep sleep state, there is ananda or this happiness, full happiness. Because there is no concern. In the deep sleep, I am totally free from all concerns. When do I have concerns? I have concerns when I am identified with my gross body, I am identified with my mind. When I have a sense of individuality or ego, then I have all kinds of concerns which, in fact, stifle the happiness. The reason why our happiness is stifled, even in the waking state, in the waking state also, jiva should be always happy, because happiness is his nature. But that happiness which is natural is stifled on account of all kinds of concerns, worries, anxieties, complexes, fears and what not, which are natural products of identification with the body and the mind. And therefore in the waking state, that happiness manifests only moment, momentarily now and then. In the deep sleep state, those kind of concerns and anxieties, its complexes, not being there, that happiness obtains there. Except that there is also blanket of ignorance and therefore I do not know that I am happy. The deep sleep state, I enjoy the happiness, but I do not know that I am happy. So ananda prasuratva, since in that state there is ananda prasuryam, predominance of ananda or predominance of happiness, koshvat achadakatvacha, However, I do not know that I am happy and I do not know my nature at that time. Anandamaya kosha. So the upadhi in the deep sleep state is called Karana Sariram, causal body of the jiva. Anandamaya kosha. It is called the, the Anandamaya kosha. They translate as bliss sheath or the sheath of happiness you might say. <coughs> then that state is called Sushuptihi. Sushuptihi means the deep, deep sleep. Why Sarvoparamatvat? Since everything is, there is a cessation, as you said, of all our concerns and sense of individuality, there is a cessation of identification of the gross and the subtle bodies, and therefore everything is completely merged. Everything is completely resolved. Therefore, that state is called sleep. So, causal body, Anandamaya Koshaha, Sushuptihi, meaning sleep. Atahaya for the very same reason, that state of deep sleep also is lasthanam, is a place of merger. The place of merger of sthula and sukshma sharira. The thing is that the gross body merges into subtle body. The subtle body merges into the causal body. So this is a process of involution. In the process of evolution, as we wake up, the causal body slowly manifests into the subtle body we become, as you said, aware of our little ego and the mind, and then it manifests as the gross body, when you become aware of our own body, gross. 
So creation is from causal to the subtle to the gross. And involution is from the gross to the subtle to the causal. So from the waking we go to, deep, uh, to the dream, from the dream we go to deep sleep. From deep sleep we come out of dream and from dream we come out of the waking, generally speaking. So when we go to dream state, we may say that all of the gross impressions and the gross experiences, all of them are merged into dream, which is only the subtle experiences. And when you go to deep sleep, even the subtle experiences and subtle impressions also are all merged into these, the causal state. Therefore I say that, that state also is the place of merger of the gross and the subtle bodies. Naturally, because when to the deep sleep the dream and waking arise, naturally it should be a place of merger also, because where these things merge, from there they emerge. So the dream and waking emerge from the deep sleep, therefore they merge also. So, Sula Sukshma Sharira Prapanchala Sthanamitriya Uchchate. Satasa Mitala Sambandhu Bhavati Ityadasutahe Susuttu Pragmesya Ishwara Sampatyavamat Pragmeshwarayoho Aikatvam Tadrasthayovabhi Avyadasusuttyaho Aikatvam Siddhavatkritya Anayoho Tadrasthapagvinam Bhavam Dashayari Interesting. This description all came in the Chandogya Upanishad, sixth chapter also, where the teacher says, describing the deep sleep state, Satasomitadasambhannobhavati. Those long, long passages were there. Says, Satasomhi Somya, O good looking one, Tada at the time of deep sleep, Satasambhannobhavati. This jiva merges into Lord. In the deep sleep state, this individual merges into total. Therefore, there is at that time an identity between jiva and Ishwara, an experiential identity. So deep sleep is a very interesting and very important experience in as much as we experience an identity. Identity with whom? Identity with Lord. That's the reason why there is reason to, reason to believe that, that, that both Jiva and Ishwara are one. Because in deep sleep state, both of them are one. I do not know it, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I do not know that I am enjoying an identity with Lord at that time. So Prashnopanishad says, Aharahar Brahma Gamayati. Every day, there is a faculty called Udanavayu, which is responsible to take us to the deep sleep state. So to say that, that every day that Udanavayu takes the Jiva to Brahman. Because in the deep sleep, we experience a merger into Brahman. And that shows that Brahman and Jiva are in fact one or identical. Because, there is no distinction between the upadhi of Ishwara and upadhi of Jiva. In the deep sleep, I am not aware of anything particular at all. I am not aware of time, place or anything. That shows that I am free from the limitations of time, space, and I am free from every other limitation. Except that I do not know, but I am totally free. What is the difference between the upadhi that obtains in deep sleep for Jiva and the upadhi that, let imagine, the state that obtains when the whole creation dissolves. When the whole creation dissolves, then also there is no particular awareness at all, there is no sense of individuality. So that state when the whole creation merges or dissolves, in the state when the jiva dissolves in deep sleep, 
really those states are not different. We differentiate all right because it is my individual sleep that when I am sleeping, you are not sleeping, etc. Therefore we say that it is my sleep. But really speaking, sleep of one cannot be separated or distinguished from the sleep of another one. Yes, my waking state is distinct and different from your waking state. My dream also is different from your dream. But my sleep and your sleep are not different. Tada pita apitabhavati mata amata veda avedaha Then the father becomes no un- unfather. Mother becomes unmother, means not mother. The, the blind becomes un- non-blind because that time there is no blindness. I am not aware of my blindness. Therefore I enter into a chamber where all these notions, all these identifications go away. That time I am enjoying or experiencing a complete merger into Lord. That shows the identity. Therefore, there is an identity between I and the Lord, the consciousness. At the same time, even the upadhi of the deep sleep is identical to the upadhi of the Lord. The upadhi or the state that obtains when the whole creation is dissolved, and the upadhi, the ignorance that obtains in my deep sleep state, those state, the upadhis are also really cannot be distinguished from each other. And therefore, the author here shows how there obtains an identity between Jiva and Ishwara in the state of deep sleep. <coughs> Now, that is what is being explained in the verse 46 here. Tadanim etau ishvara pragnyau chaitanya pradipta bhihi atisukshma bhihi Ajnana Vratti Vihe Anandam Anuhavataha Anandahuka Cheto Mukaha Pragnaha Itishrutehe Sukhamaham Aswapsam Nakinchita Avedisham Iti Uthitasya Paramarsha Upapattescha Tadanim, at that time, meaning in a state of deep sleep, Etau, Ishwara, Pragnya, these two, namely Ishwara and Pragnya. So both of them are one at that time. In the deep sleep you cannot separate the Jiva from Ishwara. And therefore he refers to both of them as one entity. Assuming or taking for granted that both of them are one in the deep sleep. Etau, Ishwara, Pragnya, these two, Ishwara the Lord and Pragnya the individual. Anubhavataha, both of them experience something in deep sleep. That's also interesting now. It is not that the deep sleep state is totally devoid of experience. There is some experience there also. What is the experience? Anandam Anuhavataha. That time there is an experience of Ananda, as I said, experience of total happiness. And the point is, 
an experience can take place only when there is a medium of experience, namely mind. No experience is possible without mind. All experiences take place in mind. And we say that in deep sleep the mind is not functioning. In fact, that alone is called deep sleep state where the mind is completely merged into its cause, namely ignorance. So how do we explain, how do we explain the experience of happiness? How do you even say that the jiva experiences happiness in the state of deep sleep? Because in the way, when he wakes up in the morning, he says, Sukham aham aswapsam. When he wakes up in the morning, he says, Sukham aham aswapsam. I slept happily. Nakinchit avedisham. I did not know anything. So this is the evidence. This is an evidence. This is the actually memory. It is said that when we make a statement that I did not know anything, or I slept happily, when we say that, that statement is considered to be memory. And memory is possible only when there is an experience. I can remember something only when I have gone through a certain experience. I naturally cannot remember something that you have experienced. I can have memory only of my experience. Yasmrutihi sa anubhava purvika. It is said in Sanskrit that wherever smriti or memory is, it must always be preceded by an experience. So when we wake up in the morning, we remember this. I slept happily. I did not know anything. When you remember this, that means that you, the experiencer also must be there in the state of deep sleep. So we say that this pragna of the jiva or Ishvara, meaning this consciousness associated with ignorance, that all, he also, this, uh, he pragna also experiences happiness. And na kinjit avelisham, I did not know anything, meaning he also experiences an absence of everything. So this deep sleep state is in fact caused many debates. And there are some people who believe that in deep sleep there is total shunya or total nothingness. Because if there was something in deep sleep, that they say that even consciousness also is not there in deep sleep. There is no consciousness. There is shunya or nothingness in deep sleep because if consciousness were there, you should be able to experience in the deep sleep state also. You must be aware of the fact that you are experiencing deep sleep, but you are not. That shows that in deep sleep there is a total nothingness. So we argue that there cannot be total nothingness in deep sleep because you cannot then wake up. Something, namely waking and dream, cannot come out of nothing. Then how come we don't experience anything in the deep sleep? Or don't we don't remember? Or at that time we are not aware, let us say. We do remember when we wake up, but we are not aware at that time because in the deep sleep, the medium of experience called the mind is not there. So only when the mind is that we can gain experiences of the objects. In the deep sleep state, there is a total blanket of ignorance around all the objects that are existing. And therefore, even though the objects are there, we don't see them. Imagine in this room itself, suppose there was no light at all. Suppose there was pitch darkness in this room. In that case, I would not be able to see all of you who may be present here. So how the darkness veils the objects that are existent? It doesn't mean that the objects are not there, but for seeing you, I two things are required. My eyes are also required, at the same time, the outside light also is required. So eyes, in conjunction with the light alone, can perceive the objects, otherwise not. So when I don't see, 
There can be two reasons, either because I am blind or I may be a seeing person, but the objects are completely blanketed in darkness and therefore I don't see them. So one school of thought believes that there is total blindness in deep sleep state, meaning there is no awareness at all, there is nothingness. We say that, no, you are not blind, you are very much awareful. But then the mind, which is the light required to eliminate the objects, is not there. There is an absence of mind and because there is a blanket of it, the mind has merged into ignorance because of blanket of ignorance, which is comparable to the pitch darkness, the objects which are very much there, the gross and subtle objects are there, they are not known to us. Therefore, in deep sleep, there is a total absence of what we call particular knowledge. <coughs> but not absence of consciousness. Consciousness very much shines in its own glory. But there is nothing to eliminate. When we come to the tenth chapter of Panchadasi, there the state is very beautiful descri- beautifully described, where the Atma or the Self is compared to a, a lamp in the theatre, which was said many a time. How the theatre lamp illumines the stage and the dancer and the king and the accompaniment and the audience, how the lamp in the theatre illumines everything. It's only in the light of the lamp that the dancer dances, in the light of the lamp that we see the various expressions of the face of the dancer. And accordingly the audience also responds and all of this is illumined by the light. When the dance is over, the dancers leave the stage, the accompaniment and everybody goes, all the audience also has vacated the theatre completely, the theatre is now empty. That time also that lamp shines. Now illumining what? The absence of everything. See there is nothing now in the theatre, therefore the lamp has nothing to illumine. Similarly also, deep sleep is comparable to a stage from which all the actors have gone away, all the spectators have also gone away. We will be told that our mind is the dancer. All the sense objects are the spectators. Our sense organs are the accompaniment. Our ego is the master, the king for whom this dance performance is, is, is organized. So in deep sleep state, all of these leave the stage and there is nothing to eliminate but Atma, the Self, which is comparable to the lamp of the theatre, continues to shine. So, in the deep sleep state, awareness is very much there, shining in its own glory, but there is no particular knowledge because there is nothing particular to illumine there. But some experience is there. Experience of happiness is there, and experience of absence of everything is there. Therefore we say when we wake up in the morning that I slept happily and I did not know anything. So this author makes a proposition that experience, somebody says, experience is possible only when thought form is. Experience is not possible unless some kind of a thought is. So there must be some subtle thought forms present even in the deep sleep state also. Since mind has completely merged into ignorance, what kind of thought forms may be possible in deep sleep? Says here, Ati sukshma bihi, bihi, Anandam Anubhavataha. The Ishvara and Pragna, which are one at that time, both of them are experiencing that Ananda or happiness by subtle vrittis or subtle forms of ignorance. That ignorance itself assumes some subtle forms, Chaitanya Pradipta Bihi, and that subtle thought form of ignorance is illumined by the Chaitanya or the Self, which is shining, and by those subtle Vritti, the subtle thought forms of ignorance, 
this jiva or pra, this prajna experiences happiness in deep sleep state. So experience in the deep sleep state is, ex, is explained by saying that there are subtle vrittis or subtle thought forms, the, the transformation of ignorance. So ignorance gets transformed into subtle thought forms as though, and that is how we experience the ananda, happiness there. <coughs> Chaitanya Pradiptavi. The Chaitanya Atma is very much there and he limits those thoughts and that is how the Prajna at that time experiences happiness. That's the reason why when we wake up in the morning we say that I slept happily, I did not know anything. Says Anandabhut Chetamukha Prajna. So here the author quotes a statement from Mandukya Upanishad, which describes the state of deep sleep and the deep sleeper. Ananda book, one who is enjoyer of ananda or happiness. Cheto Mukha, one who has a face or nature of chetas or consciousness. Pragnya, one who is Pragnya. So Mandukya Upanishad also says that he is Ananda book, enjoyer of ananda. There is an Upanishad called Kaivalya Upanishad, which Swamiji will be taking in the Christmas camp. Which, which also describes the three, three states very well. Sushuptikale sakale vilene tamu vibhutaha sukharubhameti. It says that Sushuptikale, at the time of deep sleep, sakale vilene, when everything is merged, tamu vibhutaha, when completely overcome by tamas or blanket of ignorance, sukharubhameti, this prajna attains a nature of happiness. And so, sukham ahamaswapsam, this is how the state of deep sleep is described. Okay, continuing next. Anayoho samashtivyashtyoho vanavrukshayoho iva Jalashaya jalayoho ivava abhedaha anayoho abhedaha says here that this ajnanam which is the upadhi of the prajna and avyakrata or samasti or avyakta which is the upadhi of Ishvara abhedaha that is abhedaha or that is oneness. So here in the state of deep sleep, there is abhedaha or oneness between the ignorance of the jiva and ignorance of Ishvara. Samasti vyashtyaho vanavrukshayoho iva. How the abhedaha, how the non-difference or how oneness? Vanavrukshayoho iva. Just as vanam forest and ruks the tree are one alone. Jalashaya jalayoho iva. Or a big reservoir and the small pools of water are really one alone. Similarly also, samasti and yasti, the aggregate and individual upadhi in a state of deep sleep are one alone. Because the content is one. The, the fact that both are ignorance. Although the aggregate ignorance is predominant in sattva and the individual ignorance is predominant in rajas and tamas, in that sense they are different, they are different. But in as much as both of them are ignorance, therefore both are one alone. In as much as a forest also, what is forest? Nothing but treeness. As we said that when we are at the ground level, then we 
we see individual trees and we see the distinction in different trees and when we rise above then what do we see the forest for that time we see what we call treeness we see the universal aspect of the tree when we are looking at the forest and therefore that way even a tree also is nothing but that universal aspect the treeness particularized by a given name and form understand that there is a identity between the gold and ornament with ornament nothing but the gold which is particularized in a name and form and so also tree is nothing but the tree is particularized in a given name and form and so also the individual ignorance is nothing but the, the total ignorance particularized therefore he says even the ignorance of the pragna and ishvara are one alone <coughs> and the chaitanya the, the consciousness conditioned by them are also one that is being said in the verse 48 ಜಲಗತಿಂಬ ಆಕಾಶೋರಿವಾಭೇದೇಶಸರ್ವೈಶ್ವರೇಶ್ವರ್ಯಾಮೀಷಯೋನಿಭವಾಪ್ಯೂತ ಇಂಡಿವಿಜುವಲ್ಸ್ಟೋಟಲ್ಗ್ರೆಟೆಡ್ಸ್ಟೋಟಲ್ಗ್ರೆಟೆಡ್ಸ್ಟೋಟಲ
an object has length and height and breadth, space doesn't have. So when the space gets conditioned by a given object, then the very space comes to be called by this paper clip. The very space comes to be called by a table and chair and whatnot. It is space alone that gets conditioned and comes to be called by different objects, different names and forms. Then what we call vanam or the forest is also one space. And what we call vruksha, tree, also is another space. And how from this standpoint of the safe space, from this standpoint of the essence of the content, both of them are one alone. So we just, if you give up the hang-up that we have with our dimension, tremendously hung-up we are with our dimension, so sense of individuality. I am this high, I am so, you know, this is my width, this is my breadth, this is my, you know, circumference, this is my height, I am so big, I am so small. So, so much we associate ourselves with dimension that we experience constantly a sense of limitation. If you can just give up that concern, doesn't matter how high I am, how low I am, how good I am, how bad I am, how superior I am, how inferior. Suppose we can give up that understanding that all the superiority, inferiority, all of them belong to body, it belongs to mind, it belongs to ego. Tahartami, all the comparisons, all of them are only at the level of Upadi. I have nothing to do with that. And suppose I disassociate myself with this Upadi. How clearly, how easily we are to disassociate with things that we don't like and we forget them. Similarly, suppose, not because of dislike, but suppose we can disassociate ourselves with this body. How I am not associated with that chair? Or I'm not associated with this clip. If this clip breaks, well it breaks, you know. It doesn't break my heart. Similarly also, suppose I'm unassociated, unconcerned about the state of body or the mind, meaning I don't identify with them. I don't say that I neglect them or ignore them. I'm not identified with them. What is the performance of the mind? It is the performance of the mind. What is the performance of the body? It is the performance of the body. Then you'll find that you are free. That time, that principle that you are just becomes evident. Just as the space gets conditioned by the concept called free and experiences all kinds of limitations. In fact, though even though it is limitless, so also the awareness only on account of its concerns about the identification of gross and subtle bodies that it experiences a sense of limitation. Moment it gives up those concerns. In, in fact, in deep sleep, we give up those concerns also. The deep sleep, there is no concern at all. Where I am, how I am, where my body is, how it looks like, who cares? In the deep sleep, how do I look? Nobody is bothered. And what do people talk about me? I don't care. People are honoring me, dishonoring me, praising me, censuring me. It doesn't matter at all to be in deep sleep because I have totally given the concern with the growth in the subtle bodies and then I am free. So deep sleep experience tells us a lot about our own nature, how freedom is our nature and how we bind ourselves by identifying with this upadi. And therefore, just as the space which is conditioned by a tree and the space conditioned by a forest are really one alone, if that space gives up your concern about the treeness, etc. Or jalashaya jalagata pratibimba akashayo or imagine small pools of water in which the space is reflected, or the large reservoir of water in which the same space is reflected. How the space reflected in the large reservoir 
how the space reflected in the small pools of water is one alone, or how the sun reflected in large reservoir, and the sun reflected in number of pools of water is one alone, and then the duality all obtains at the level of reflection and not in the sun. And similarly also the self that is reflected in the individual upadi, or the self reflected in the aggregate upadi is one alone, may from the standpoint of the essence, Abhedaha Jalasha Jalagata Pratimba Kashayohoyoa Abhedaha. And therefore the consciousness which we call Pragna, the individual, and the consciousness which we call Ishvara or the aggregate, both are one alone from the standpoint of the essence. So even Upadi also is one, and the Upahida, the conditioned consciousness, also is one. How do you say that? Because that is what the Upanishad says. Which Upanishad says? Mandukya Upanishad. So Mandukya Upanishad is the Upanishad that elaborately describes the three states of awareness. The deep sleep, the dream and the waking. And the sleeper, the dreamer and the waker. So that is the Upanishad where we find an exposition of the three states of awareness. Taittiriya Upanishad is the Upanishad where we find an exposition on what we call Panchakosha. So different Upanishads therefore uh, reveal the truth in different ways, different prakriyas are there. So Mandakya Upanishad says, describing the sleeper, Pragya, Esa Sarveshwaraha, he is the Lord of all, Esa Sarvagnaha is omniscient, Esa Untaryame, he is the indweller, Esa Yonahi Sarvasya, he is the cause of everything, Praho Bhutanam, because he is the source as well as the place of dissolution of the entire creation. So Shruti namely, the Mandakya Upanishad says that Pragna and Ishvara are one alone. Thus, what this passage has told us is that Upahita, the Pragna and the Ishvara, that is the consciousness, also is one, and Upadhi, the Agnanam and the Maya, they are also one. And that oneness is experienced in the deep sleep state. That's why the discussion here starts with deep sleep. Even in Mandakya Upanishad, the discussion starts with the waking, and then the dream, and then the deep sleep. On the other hand, in this text, the discussion begins with deep sleep, and then dream, and then waking. It's a very beautiful way of uh, treating the whole subject. From the cause, causal, to the subtle, to the gross. At every level, the author shows how the identity obtains between Jiva and Ishvara. <coughs> okay. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhasha Krutau Vande Bhagavanta Upunaf Punaha Ishwaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Sri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om